Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. If you feel like your life is stuck in a rut, this is the show for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon and I are going to have a conversation with the team from Llama Lounge. Llama Lounge is led by Joe Bogdan and Scott Green, two leaders who have experience in the Air Force. Joe is still serving in the Air Force, whereas Scott is retired. The two of them are going to share with us lessons on leadership that they learned from the military, as well as resilience and things that you can apply in your own leadership career today. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving. In that case, we need you to stay safe, keep your head on a swivel, and don't get rear-ended while you're in traffic, like what happened to me just the other day. But that's okay, because I lived and everybody else was just fine, except for the car in the middle, but I wasn't that car. That's not important. What is important is that we're about to have a conversation about military lessons that you can apply to your leadership career today. Here we go. Uh, hey, Brandon, how's it going? Awesome. We are excited. Yeah, we got this. In-house guests are the best. What? what? <laughs> Even when they call in from Germany. That's almost like <laughs> uh, Hey, it wasn't over whenever the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor. It's not over now. <laughs> you have to sell three books for Brandon. Uh, so we have in studio with us Scott Green from Lava Lounge mm-hmm. and his partner in crime calling in from Germany, Texas. Germany, Texas. <laughs> I'm sure there is one. Real, the country uh, is Joe Bogdan. Uh, how are you guys doing? Uh, fantastic. fantastic. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. my pleasure. And, uh, I'm sure Brandon's too. Yeah, I'm, I'm not against it. Yeah. You know. uh, <laughs> it's the hair thing. You sit over here eyeballing it and yeah. just like, oh, man. Turn the, jealousy. the video off. <laughs> it's that story you told before we started recording about having the good genes. Yeah, that's right. And uh, the, the go gain or row gain. <laughs> The no gain. The no gain. <laughs> the no gain. Yeah, right. Today's no episode gain. is sponsored by No Gain. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that took us, what, 30 seconds? There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so Llama Lounge is all about hair, hair products. <laughs> Once again, this is why we don't put you in charge of the research. Manscaping. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> all right. Um, so, Scott. Yes, sir. Um, we met through, I think, Facebook. You guys started following Beyond the Rut. Yes. And then we started following y'all back. Yes. Like, These guys are awesome. And they're they're kind of like the younger twins of us. Except I might be older than you. You're older than me, younger than Yeah. Me. Yeah. And then Joe. And, and Joe's 13, 14 years yeah. old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he couldn't be here. His mom <laughs> wouldn't let him. Uh, He's grounded. Uh, go ahead and kick us off. Tell us more about Llama Lounge. Um, actually, no, I, I would, before we even dive into Llama sure. Lounge, how does Scott and Joe know each other? That's uh, Joe, you want to start off with that? The whole uh, Okay, sure. Yeah, so we're both stationed together. Uh, Scott, I think you're already a senior master sergeant. I was a, a tech sergeant going to a professional development seminar and uh, I got to hear all these senior NCOs come in, ramble on about all kinds of uh, all of their experiences. And then Scott got up there 
And I remember I just could not stop laughing. He kept on, uh, I don't know what, I don't think he was even trying to joke. I was just looking at his hair and <laughs> and his ama- amazing delivery on the information. And the one thing that I remember, I still remember to this day, I don't remember anything else that he said, but <laughs> I do remember one <laughs> He shared a story about how uh, a master sergeant wanted to want, did not want to live on the installation because he did not want to wear his hat when he went from his door to his car. <laughs> and I just could not stop laughing about that because I could totally the way he presents information. Uh, it, it was just so funny. So um, after that, um, I got involved in some resiliency programs. Um, Thought, immediately thought about how this guy is passionate and about and has a great delivery of information and um, we got him trained up and we, ever since we've been BFFs, right, Scott? Yeah, yeah or MFFs, I don't know. B- yeah, yeah, yeah. Manfred. Yeah, yeah. Manfred. Yeah. Oh yeah. What is your gender? So that was what? That was what? When? 2012? Uh, probably about uh, 2011, 2012. I don't know yeah. about when yeah. you got there. Yeah. So it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We worked on different projects throughout the years. Uh, both when I was uh, still active duty, I retired about four years ago, and so uh, while we were at Travis, we worked on different projects, different events, and um, and that's kind of how the whole llama theme came out. We uh, we would go around the base uh, teaching these resiliency courses, uh, different units, different groups of uh, just um, professional development organizations, mm-hmm. and preaching the word of resiliency and, and overcoming obstacles and, and living through things rather than suffering from them. And, uh, and so we started the, we had like a little click of guys that that was our job. We just went around and uh, did a lot of training with folks. And, and that's how the llama, uh, well, you could probably tell the llama story a little bit better than I can, Joe. I was going to say, how do we get from resiliency and military to llamas? llamas. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's probably not going to uh, – I always shared the story thinking, okay, it's not that interesting, but some people find it funny. So we were at a, <laughs> an autism walk. It was a, um, it was a just an event for um, special needs kids, and we were all there supporting it like we typically did. And we looked over – uh, we're talking. We looked over. We saw a llama. It was just a random llama in the middle of this autism walk event. And somebody. So llamas care about autism. I oh, mean, I, I guess so. I guess so. And well, it was a majestic looking llama, yeah. though. It was groomed. It was amazing. Yeah, a lot of these events, uh, whether it was like a residency day or a, uh, uh, you know, like he's mentioned, the autism walks events, uh, different organizations would bring out like petting zoos and stuff ah, like that. Okay. And so apparently there was a llama out there. And go ahead, Joe. Yeah, so with somebody, I don't remember which one of us was, uh, asked, like, why would there be a llama at, <laughs> at some walk? And I think I'm the one that probably responded, like, why wouldn't there be a, a llama? Exactly. It just goes walk. without saying. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, I've, I've never been to a walk where there wasn't right. a llama. Yeah, exactly. Right, absolutely, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so I guess right then and there, out of that just random discussion, the llama became our new mascot. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. So from there, you decided you wanted to somehow bring this out of just the military kind of setting and share it with the world. So you created the Llama Lounge. Sure. Yeah, it's actually uh, our, our our way of keeping in touch with each other. <laughs> Joe and I are maintaining that that bond. Uh, we're both passionate about uh, resiliency. We're both passionate about leadership. We're both passionate about life in general. And so uh, we decided uh, about a year and a half ago, let's let's do something with this. Let's let's uh, put something out there that we think can benefit other people. And we've done. Uh, like Joe mentioned, uh, guest speaking uh, um, events, and we've done uh, professional development seminars where we've taught this type of stuff. But let's look at a different avenue, a different venue. And so uh, 
we decided, hey, let's start with a blog. Let, yeah. Let's go there. And uh, the great thing about the blog is um, it's not just Joe and I that are writing material. We're actually you know, reaching out to other folks that we know, uh, whether they're colleagues or whether they're people that have heard about the blog and said, hey, I got something I want to talk about. Right. Um, and so our, our key focus areas are life. You know, are you living a, a resilient life, an abundant life? Uh, learning. Uh, it's always about learning. And then leadership. And so we can kind of sneakily tie in llama with the LL. So life, learning, <laughs> leadership. There and you so uh, we have the block site, which is uh, llama leadership. And then we have the Facebook page, which is kind of our, our, our we call it llama lounge, which is where uh, most folks can, can find us when they're, when they're trying to look for us. Yeah. So talk a little bit about resiliency. What, sure. what does that mean? And, and what's the concept that you're trying to get across there? Sure. Joe, you want to take this? Sure. Okay. So, yeah, so I think my perspective on it and the one that we kind of share and we've taught. So, so to back up a moment, um, back in like 2009, um, it was late 2000s, uh, the, the Army started really getting together and, and putting together this master resilience training program. And it was meant to be a proactive approach uh, to giving, uh, to build some of that mental toughness, right? So um, in response to all of the um, the things that soldiers were seeing in war and coming back and dealing with. So it, it was a proactive approach. I was actually fortunate enough to go as an Air Force member to that training at the University of Pennsylvania and got, I would say it was absolutely life-changing. Um, and then we adopted it and we're still preaching a lot of the same points and really talking about developing that proactive approach, uh, controlling your thoughts, uh, having healthy relationships, right? Being able to bounce back, seeing failure as not something that's such a bad thing, something that you can learn from. And, and those are the big, you know, the points that we try to, try to, uh, share with everybody and a big thing with um the air force and the army we talk about the the comprehensive airman fitness or soldier fitness and it really points out that there's pillars to this or domains when we're trying to hit the social area the mental area physical fitness because of course that really impacts your overall resilience as well and um and then of course the spiritual so so would you say this applies more in the military setting or could somebody that's just in the corporate world or just individually that they would really benefit from this uh everywhere everywhere i mean like like joe mentioned those four domains uh mental physical mental physical spiritual um and they they uh they cross every spectrum of, of life so um that's one of the things that we really wanted to do with the the website was not just make it military centric right. uh, so we didn't give it a military title we didn't give it uh you know yeah, there's there's a lot of great resources out there that are geared towards military, but we wanted to open up to as large of an audience as as, as possible, and also use the the lessons that we've learned, whether they're leadership lessons, whether they're resiliency lessons, um, and use those to share how people can overcome them. Uh, the great thing about our, like I said, our blog is if you ever read, you know, you read a lot of leadership books, and they're usually secondhand stories about how this company did this, this business did this. Um, the way our blog works is we have leaders who are giving their personal testimony about how they've overcome something. Right. And so there's a lot of stigma in the, you know, in the military and a lot of uh, areas of life where seeking help is looked frowned upon. And so, for instance, uh, one of our most recent articles we posted was uh, an active duty chief master sergeant, E9, who talked about how he sought help uh, a few years back. And his career has blossomed since then. So, um, And, you know, a lot of the articles are about – you know, 
I'll, I'll be honest, things tick me off about leadership <laughs> and I'll go, hey, we need to do better, right? Yeah, and so it's a way go. for me to vent uh, without right. pointing fingers and naming names. So um, it's, a, it's a lot of firsthand uh, testimony of, of how to overcome things, how to be a great leader and, um, and how to live an abundant life and, and all those great things. That's good. So somebody that just wants to apply this to their own life, wherever they are, there's lessons they can learn from Absolutely. these stories. Absolutely. What, what surprised you the most about post-military career, the retirement, that maybe you were deep into the leadership and resiliency <laughs> in sure, there, but sure. right afterwards you kind of go, well, I'm going to sit around and not do anything. Well, I, and I tell you what, it's uh, – there's a less focus on leadership development that I've seen uh, post-military. Um, and when I was active duty, you went to some sort of leadership academy every couple of years. Yeah. Uh, you went to – in between them were workshops and seminars. And and nowadays, you're starting to see that and, – and Jerry can probably relate to this with your field. You can see that corporate America is starting to get there. Right. Uh, with leadership development programs. Uh, but the Air Force, was, uh, at least I can speak for the Air Force, was pretty deliberate about right. getting folks ready for leadership positions. Oh, yeah. and, I've been in, and I've been in a few organizations where I'm like, we need, we, we need leadership. Right. You know, we we, we yeah. hire people by default. Right. Yeah. You know, we, they, they've been in the position the longest. Uh, they're a great technician. Let's make them in charge. Yeah. Right. And they don't have the people skills to manage it. The thing that makes companies successful is its culture. Sure. So, you know, there, there are the operations, the, the systems. That is sure. important to have. But you need people to run those systems. And it's the culture of that people Absolutely. that determines if those systems work or not. And one thing that the Air Force is really good at, the Army, the Marine mm-hmm. Corps, I guess we can count the Navy, too. And the- <laughs> Coast Guard. <laughs> Coast Guard as a brand. <laughs> no, oh, man. All right. We're going to get some hate mail now. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to send your hate mail to uh, I think we all Yeah, you're going to send it to, to our website. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We all agree, though, that the Coast Guard is the most vital organization in the military. So, hey, uh, no other branch is jumping on submarines. There you go. That was super cool. (laughs) It's just like, we don't have a lot of pirates in America. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's deterrence. Uh, So, a lot of corporations are realizing that if you want to drive culture, the way you do that is through your middle management. Sure. Your top leadership has to exude it, support it, reinforce it, but it's your middle management that's actually doing it, driving it. Their behaviors are going to determine Absolutely. whether or not that culture happens. And so what you're starting to see is leadership development courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know of one because I work for the company. Sure. It has some military aspects to it. Uh, so there is the deeper dive into the history, heritage, and spirituality of the organization. Sure because that is what drives why we do what we do. It also has those tools that are needed to succeed and a lot on communication. And I know in the Army, uh, a lot of our training t- courses were around the acculturation piece, you know, mm-hmm. singing cadences. Why sure. is it we do formations the way we do? Why is it we do the, the planning of an operation in a very specific way so that these things are almost automatic because we've taught our middle leadership how to do these things every single time why we do it, so go do it. And then when the lower ranks start to get promoted up through these ranks, they already know in some tangible way what's to be expected. Absolutely. Because they experienced it as people work in the front lines. And so it's 
very interesting to hear y'all talking about the importance of leadership sure. and that civilian companies are starting to get it. Yeah. yeah. There, there was that trend for a while that, I, that I've noticed in the corporate world, civilian world, where um, those in priority positions, leadership positions, wanted to hold information close to their chest. Yeah. They didn't want to share it. They didn't want to – uh, and so they wanted to feel like they were the only person that can accomplish anything. And then all of a sudden that person retires, disappears, and the organization's scrambling to, to put the pieces together. And one of the things that, I, that I've always preached is you always have to grow your own, uh, mm-hmm. groom, your, groom your replacements. And it's, it makes my job a lot easier as a leader if I got – instead of me doing all these tasks and, and all these different uh, assignments – if I got a team of people that are willing to help out and step up because they want to know what the next level is like, right. it makes my job a lot easier. So, so what do you think is the reason that 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 leadership kind of is collapsing in corporate America? What what's the one thing that they could start doing differently that would change that culture? Well, I, I'll tell you that it's starting to change from from what I've seen. My experiences, the organization I work for, we actually provide leadership training and supervisory training for a lot of different companies and organizations here in Corpus Christi and the, and the Coastal Bend region. And they're starting to realize that with the low un- unemployment rate, maintaining and retaining employment uh, employees is tough. Right. And so employees can go, hey, you know what? This culture is better at this organization. This, this culture is better over here. I'm getting treated a little bit differently here. And so what we're noticing is people are, are leaving jobs not necessarily because of the pay – not right. necessarily because of the conditions of the the type of work, but because of the culture. Right, and and it's important for uh, leader for those in leadership positions to recognize that, hey, in order for us to keep people around, we need to you know change our way of thinking. Well, I, I think also uh, so to kind of lead into that, I think what happens is, and and I have limited experience on the civilian side, but I I've done some training with uh, a lot of corporations as well, and I just feel like sometimes uh, I'm not saying by any means Air Force has it perfect. Because we don't. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but I would say that uh, when we talk about why we promote someone into a higher rank or position, we do it because of their potential to lead, mm-hmm. right? So not because of what they've done. And there's a difference there because sure. if you're doing great at what you're doing, it doesn't mean you're ready for the next step. It means you're probably where you're supposed to be, right? right. But when we look at somebody, when I'm evaluating that, I'm like, what kind of growth mindset do you have? Or when I give you a task that's off the wall, are you able to adapt to that, right? Are you an adaptable airman? And then when I look at that, I'm like, okay, this person can take on more. Sure. And they're not only great at their job, but they're also great. Uh, they're also willing to take on more and learn. And I think sometimes on the civilian side, we hire people because of their resume or whatever else it might be. And it doesn't necessarily mean they're ready to take on the supervisory role over a, a, an organization or an activity that they don't really know that much about. Um, right. That leader who has a great growth mindset that's put in that position, they're probably going to put themselves on the floor and learning about whatever that activity is so that they get that idea instead of just you know, flaunting their MBA or whatever it might be that, that kind of puts some of that authoritative role. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. 
Go to beyondtherut.com slash cap show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. I, I totally agree because uh, one of the things you talk about on, on the blog is listening, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and a, good leader, <laughs> a good oh, leader listens because even with an MBA and everything else, you walk in the door, you don't know what's going on at this company. You know, you might have great skills and experience in the industry, but this particular company is going to be different from every other company you've worked at or organization. And so you have to be able to listen to learn what's the best way to go and in, in what direction. I think as a leader, too, other people seeing you listen matters. Sure. Because you're you're wanting to soak up and wanting to learn, and kind of like you were talking about, you're sharing information by op- offering up the opportunity to speak and listen. Yeah, that that's an incredible point, and also there's a lot of humility involved in that. Right. Um, I, I've seen people in leadership positions who don't want to admit when they're wrong. They don't want to admit when they don't know something. Right, um, and then you just see right. that organization or their department kind of crumble because. Right. They're not getting where they could be if they just say, hey, you know what? I messed up. I didn't know this. Help me fix it. Right. Um, right. And, and so there's that humility piece that that's, can be lacking in some organizations. It's almost paradoxical, too. It's like, okay, oh, why do they not have humility? It's a big right? word, like, Joe. Come on. <laughs> we can, like, we can not, bleep that out. Yeah, we're not. All right. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah was, you, you've, you've already turned in your yeah. thesis. You don't need to. Right. <laughs> but I mean, like, so – the, the person that doesn't have humility as a leader, you know, maybe it's because they're overconfident or, you know, they have that bullying mentality or they have such a lack of self-esteem that they right. have to take on everything sure. to prove themselves, you know. And it's, and it's it's interesting to try to analyze why why this leader is having that behavior, right? It, right. It's, it's, it's interesting to look at those things. And I'm a huge fan of the concept the people in the room know whether you're a good leader or not. You might Mm -hmm. think you are. You can have a bigger nameplate and title and pay and everything else. But everybody in the room knows you're not humble. You're not Mm -hmm. uh, a listener. And whenever, like like you were saying, Scott, that if if they go to you and you don't respond, then it becomes, okay, we're never going to Scott with an idea because he doesn't want to hear it. And then Mm -hmm. you're out there by yourself. They'll let you fall because they're not there to support you. But if they really follow you, they'll, they'll go to the death for you because they know you care more about them than you do yourself. And to me, that's really great leadership because I need you to succeed for me to succeed. Exactly. And if I have the best team, I'm going to be the best leader because they're all going to help support me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and, and it's also a matter of, you know, we, we have folks that love to throw their title leader around, right? but no one's really following them. They're, right. they're following policy, <laughs> right. they're following procedure, yeah. and they're staying in the box, so to speak, yeah. Yeah. You know, right. so, which is great. You know, they're, they're staying in the box enough to not get fired, but they're yeah. not really stepping up beyond that box because they're not following you. Right. You know, right. because of the, your attitude and your behaviors. Right. and yeah. I'm a big believer in if you have to walk into a room and remind everybody you're they the really, person in charge right. and throw your title around, yep. you're really not yeah. a leader. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's I, following you for anything. You know, and, and it was a challenge, you know, back when I was in the service when you're, you know, we would do our performance reports every year. And one of the things that helped get you promoted was – you know, the number of times leader was written in your performance right. report. And, and I had a mentor one time. I put – I managed some program. He goes, you did not manage that program. You led that program. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, 
It's a bake sale. No, I, it was something yeah. simple, right? It, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't that big of a deal. You let <laughs> like, it. No, totally managed it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. so management became almost like a four-letter word. Right. Uh, and, and really, there's nothing wrong with great management right. because they you keep need things it. running. Uh, but sometimes we abuse the word leader because we say, hey, this is my title. This is my level of responsibility. I'm a leader. But if people aren't following you and you're not getting them mm-hmm. to move beyond their current situation, where are you leading them to? Right. Yeah. You're not leading them anywhere. You're just keeping them in the box. There's a good friend of mine, uh, John Atkinson, that always said, you know, nobody else makes you a leader. You have to make yourself a leader. I can't promote you to leadership. You have to either earn that or it's my fault I put you there and you shouldn't have been there. So you have to kind of build that yourself. And like you said, there's nobody following you. Then that's a good indication that you're not really a leader. Absolutely. One of the things that you also (laughs) talked about in one of the articles was accountability, having people around you. That can be honest with you, mm-hmm. and if you're if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I'm really humble, and my my team can talk to me about anything, I'm, and I'm the Kanye West of humility. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know. I remind everybody how humble I am. I should, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I got the award. I saw my, my the coffee mantle. cup. Yeah. <laughs> world's best humility person. Yeah. Uh, so, so how do you build that accountability with people inside and outside your organization to just make sure you're on the right track? I'll I'll say for me, it's always been about whatever standard you set is a standard you have to surpass. Um, I've worked in organizations where the boss was always like, okay, everyone needs to be in at this time. Yet the boss trickled in (laughs) 10, 20 minutes later. Um, You know, whatever the standard is that you set, you have to uh, go beyond that standard to let people know what what it's like to not only follow the standard, but uh, go above it. Uh, And because what that does is it builds trust. They see, okay. These policies are in place for a reason. The boss is following these policies. Um, we're going to follow them too. And if if you're not doing that, you just discredited everything that right. you stand for or, or that you say you stand for. Um, so building trust is huge. Let, you know, setting that example and building trust, having conversations not just about work stuff. Um, I, I one of our articles was the uh, the two minute warning. How you just spend two minutes in the morning as your folks come in the work. Right. Not not, you know, after you come into work, but you you see them enter the door. Right. Right. You're there. You're the first person there. And just having like off the topic, you know, off the. Hey, how's it going? How's your puppy? You know, those little things that show that you actually care about the person and not necessarily about their just their position. And so I think that helps build trust and just opening up the uh, the communication channels. That's really important. That's one of the things that was kind of the hallmark of mine. I worked at a software company that I led, and I I was usually the first one there, but I would spend time with every one of them. You know, how's your kid? How's this issue with your car? Or, you know, what's going on here and how can we help? Because my theory was you wouldn't be here if you couldn't do the job. So I don't need to worry about that part of it. I need to worry about you as a person because most problems that happen at home – with kids or financial or spouse or whatever it is, they will absolutely show up and work, and your performance will take a nosedive. We had an employee that his performance did that. He'd been there for a really long time, but his performance just really took a nosedive. And I finally was that he didn't like to share too much, but I finally got him to uh, kind of start talking about the situation. And he was going through an adoption. He and his wife were trying to adopt these kids. And it turned out our CEO and his wife were more than happy to help. 
but we didn't know the problem existed right. until we asked. Right. And so sometimes you get rid of an employee because of their performance and find out that's a problem yeah. we could have solved with like $2,000. Yeah, if we just tweak this. <laughs> yeah, just, exactly. You know, pivot it just, just a little bit. Ask a couple more questions, right? That's why yeah. I always use this when I talk about with the frontline brand new supervisors. I'm like, well, okay. We always use this example of uh, the stinky airman that comes to work, right? And you're like, why is the airman stinky? And I was like, well, there could be a multitude of reasons. Maybe they don't know how to do their laundry, so maybe you should teach them how, right? right. There's all kinds of things like that. But maybe, just maybe, that that airman had to make a decision to feed their kids this month or or pay buy detergent, right? right. And maybe that's a whole different discussion. So I think um, back to your accountability piece uh, question is I think instilling responsibility in people and, mm-hmm. and giving it to the right level, I think that's a huge part. Um, sometimes we baby our lower level folks and we think that they can't handle something. And then when they, and then they, we never know and we don't develop them. And then we try to hold them accountable later on. And uh, so without building that responsibility and being proactive at the lower, lowest level, I think that's the biggest part. Um, and then there's less accountability on the other end because they're responsible for it. They own it. I, I love that concept. So you, you, are a big proponent of give more and more responsibility to the people you want to grow and then help them get there. Absolutely. And let them fail sometimes, you know, and a good leader, I think, knows when it's okay to let someone fail, you know, like this is maybe don't let them fail screwing in that bolt that's going to take an aircraft down. <laughs> but, <laughs> <Right>. maybe, <laughs> but if they're going to make a mistake somewhere, I, small my project. career. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Small project or and, and then be there to monitor and support and mentor along the way. I think it's real important that, because uh, I'm from a career field that we always talk about. If you, you ain't never broke something, then you've never worked. Right. So if you've never failed. You've probably never get, you know, get challenged yourself as well or been challenged. So yeah, I think that's, that's critical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's the thing. That's a great concept with kids and your own family. It's like you've got to give them the opportunity to not mow the yard as well as you can or paint something right. as well as you can. But give them an opportunity and then be there to re kind of evaluate everything and reinforce everything we can't fly off the handle and just go nuts because somebody messed up one little thing there's a great uh, quote um i first heard it from uh, a gentleman called hicks and gracie he's a you know brazilian jujitsu master um, and it's probably been used in other capacities as well but uh, his quote was along the lines of uh, i never lose i either win or learn right you know and that and that's but you got to be careful with what you give you know, your, your younger folks and your, your, while you're grooming them, don't right. give them something so big that if they, you know, it could be right. a catastrophe. If they don't set them up. up for failure. Yeah, sure. not setting up for failure, right? But yeah, but I think that we often, um, I was just talking to some of my coworkers about their kids and they're like, man, my, my, my two-year-old's talking about this is a windmill or this is whatever, and they're just shocked. And I think we do that with our, uh, our subordinates too sometimes. We don't even, we underestimate their capabilities. Sure, right. Right. And then we end up coddling them. And when they become that supervisor, they have no idea what's going on. Right. And right. I see a lot of that happening. Well, they, they also learn uh, from you. So mm-hmm. if, if you're not allowing them to get out there and fail, when they're in your yeah, position, yeah. they're not going to allow their staff either. So now you've changed the culture of the whole organization because you chose to not let somebody fail. You know, right. I, I'm a big proponent of let people fail on a private basis. Sure before they fail on a public basis sure. because Absolutely. they they then they will find out you're with them no matter what sure. 
And one of the things I had in my team was, you know, any failure that comes out of here is on me. I'm never going to say, well, that was Scott and he really blew it. And, you know, maybe we should reevaluate his job. I, I usually do that. So yeah. Cool. yeah. Just, just own that team effort. Joe and I have our right. CDLs. We're yeah. just a... <laughs> drive the bus over each other. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that you got to let them uh, fail, and because what happens is if you don't, and you that person gets uh, into some higher supervisory roles and leadership positions, now your organization becomes so risk averse that you've just totally killed innovation. Right. <laughs> And, and that's kind of what I was saying about, you know, whenever people find out I can't go to you or you're going to fly off the handle. It's like once you've once you've gotten there, your team just they wait around for you mm-hmm. and you walk into the room and it's on fire. And it's like, why didn't y'all do anything? Well, we were waiting on you to tell us what to do because you don't like us to go off on our own. Well, that's great. What, what do you think uh, people could do to connect more with Llama Lounge and get involved in it and support it. And maybe they've got an article they want to Yeah, absolutely. Contribute. Uh, so one, like I said, one of the great things about um, the way we've done it is it's not just Joe and I that are writing the articles. Uh, we've reached out to colleagues. We've reached out to peers. And then all of a sudden we started getting emails from people like, hey, right. I, I'd like to offer up something, which is great because it makes it easier for us. To, you know, <laughs> Here, we're do have, the we're work. Have to write. So we do some minor editing if need be and find some images to go with the, the article. But uh, if someone has a, a topic related to anything, life, leadership, learning, uh, any of those three L's, which everything you can probably tie anything in the world right. to those three L's. Uh, just contact us. Uh, you can hit us up on the, the website llama-leadership.com or on facebook.com/llama-leadership. And um, yeah, we'd love to take a look at it. And um, if we think it, you know, more than likely it'll it'll fit what we're looking for. Uh, but yeah, we we love hearing different perspectives, and that's the thing. We didn't want this to just be the Joe and Scott show. Right. Uh, we love hearing other perspectives about leadership and, and things like that. And if they want to bring you into their organization, is that something they could do also? Yeah, and Joe's going to be cost a lot because he's in, <laughs> in Germany right now. He only well, flies I'm, I'm, first class. so you know. I'll be in California in a couple months. I'm, oh, I'm that's moving. right. Yeah, he's going back to Travis <laughs> Air Force Base. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so where it all began. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's funny how life works. I, you know, I, I worked in healthcare for most of my career in the military, and now I've been able to kind of transition. You know, I got my master's degree in organizational leadership. And now I'm able to sort of make it a full-time job Uh, in between the blog and and the environment that I work at now where I do training and development. It's been great. It's, but you know, it's, you go after what you want and you learn lessons along the way about what not to do and what to do. And it's been a good ride. Sounds good. Is there a podcast in the future? Uh, We're looking at it, Joe. (laughs) uh, So he's moving. Go ahead, Joe. You want to talk about your trip to California? Oh, yes. So I'm moving to California pretty soon for uh, just a reassignment, and I'm really looking forward to it. And I was thinking when I get there, I'm going to really look into uh, into getting some equipment and then uh, and testing testing some stuff on Scott and seeing if he passes those <laughs> and custom officer. I'm and, getting kicked out of the yeah, gang. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if he's yeah. good enough, then we'll keep him, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. Performance yeah, evaluations yeah, are important. Uh, it's, it's very important to give honest feedback, right? Exactly. <laughs> 
yeah. So uh, that's what we're looking at doing some stuff like that. And also, by the way, we have an Instagram site. That, uh, yeah, um, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, that Scott just recently. <laughs> I asked. I said, hey, Scott, should we do an Instagram? He said yes. So then I went cool. So I made one, and then and then a month, a month two months later, he's. I was like, hey, yeah, we're gonna post it on Instagram. He's like, we have an Instagram account. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we also have an Instagram account. Llama leaders you can get on there as well. But um, definitely, I, I'm really interested in doing a podcast. I don't know how many discussions I've had with people talking about traveling or leadership sure. perspectives or whatever. And I'm thinking this could have been a podcast. Yeah. I mean, right. it's yeah. such a great podcast. So um, I think we're going to do something. We're going to try to follow in your footsteps and have these awesome conversations with some interesting people. Cool. Yeah. I, I yeah. love podcasts. That's why Jerry and I got into it. It's, it's such a great way to learn. Sure. As we were talking about, you know, leaders learn or constantly learning and listening and, and this is a great way to do that. You see some of the pitfalls that maybe you could avoid or, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to do this when I get to work tomorrow and or, change that. And really, you know, it's okay to make mistakes as a leader. Right. Uh, you know, oh, a yeah. lot of the articles that we write are about where leaders have made mistakes and this is how you overcome it. Right. But the first step is acknowledging that, oops, I, I screwed up. Yeah. Let me start saying sorry to folks and let me start fixing it. Um, and so that's one of the things, I, like I said, I really love about our, our blog is their firsthand accounts. Of, of leadership experiences and life experiences and and how uh, regardless of where you are as far as your stature in your organization, you can still show that you're human and, and it's important for other people to see that. Right. I think people have a lot of respect for that. When you mess up, if you're the first one out there going, you know what, that was totally on me. Yep. I went left, really shouldn't have, and, and I blew it up. People are more apt to support you sure. too and help you rebuild that. Because, again, I know we keep saying it, but humility is such a huge character trait that people can't follow you if you don't have that. So they want to see if something happens, you're going to be, hey, I messed up. Shouldn't have done that. Yeah, absolutely. I think inspiring leaders, just, they got people got to understand that inspiring leaders isn't trying to show that you're you're just foolproof and you never make mistakes. If you could humanize leadership and show people that, hey, you can do this, too, because I'm not perfect. Right. I'm far from perfect, and you can also do this. I think that's some of the most inspirational leadership you can provide yeah. your folks. And if you're listening to this and thinking, well, I'm not a leader, I'm not in that position, the best way to get there is to start supporting your leader. Start asking the questions. Start learning. Go to the Llama Lounge and, and learn, and other people's experience is the best way to, to get that experience yourself because you'll be prepared when you get there. But try your best to make your leader's job easier. Absolutely. He will see that. Oh, yeah. She will see that. And then they'll give you more and more responsibility. I have a, a, a son that just started a job, and he's like, well, they hadn't really told me what to do. I'm like, knock that door down. <laughs> yeah. Make them tell you what <laughs> yeah, to do. As as the leader, I love it when people come to me and say, hey, what do you need me to do? Can I move this table? Can I build that? Whatever it is. We're, we're always looking for help, but we may not come to you first. Right. Go to right. them. I'll add to that. Uh, also, another mindset for leaders to have, or you know, if you're striving to become a leader, is to shift to a mindset of an owner. Mm-hmm. So when you go to right. work, don't think of yourself as the guy getting paid by the hour. This think is my of yourself company. as, I own this business. Sure. So if right. that's the case, how would I operate this business? How would I want my employees to behave? That's how I'm going to behave. And when you start acting like the owner of the business, now I don't mean like dip into the cash register. That's exactly how I took that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you, know, you, you want the business to succeed and you have ownership in that. 
people will notice. Your leadership will notice. They'll start pouring into you. You start getting on responsibilities. And because you have that, that responsibility of an owner, you start to succeed. So yeah. something to think about. Well, yeah, yeah. and that, that's key. I, uh, I remember back a while ago, back in the military, and I would have young troops that were want more responsibility and then other ones that would not want more responsibility oh, yeah. and then right. they would get mad why they got passed over for a promotion or award. <laughs> It's like, it's like, so, so that hasn't changed by the way. Yeah. Since yeah. Working. Yeah. I, I still have that. Yeah. I usually just ask people, at least be consistent with what you're saying. If you say you just want to be where you're at, don't complain to me about your evaluation, not being perfect. Right. Exactly. So it's like, you should totally be consistent with what you're saying to me and how you're performing. Yeah. And, and, and you shouldn't, I've, I'm not a big fan of annual performance reviews because I always say I should know sure. what you're doing yeah. on a daily basis or a weekly basis. And if I come to you at the end of the year and say you've just been horrible <laughs> and you're shocked, there's a yeah, huge a problem. problem. Yeah. You know? It's like, why didn't you mention that? <laughs> well, that's yeah, that, something didn't that, go right. That's yeah. that accountability piece. Right, you know? exactly. And, and one of the hallmarks of being a leader is being able to confront poor performance. Right. Um, if you let – performance slide you just created a new standard right and you are undermining the organization if you allow it to continue and so again you can't wait till the end of the year the end of the reporting period to let someone know where they need to improve because you just you just stifled them right if you you haven't done it earlier and you might have engaged but everybody in the organization knows who that is and they know what you're doing so uh, it'll only get (laughs) you either earn credibility by dealing with it or you lose credibility by not because everybody else is like why are we not dumping this guy he's not even remotely carrying his weight here but well, that's awesome. Uh, Jerry's going to put all that in the show notes so people cool. can reach out and hook up with you. Thank and you. if they want to just come to your house, Scott, what's yeah. your home address? Um, that- it is such and such flower bluff. It's the house with all the no gain in the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got all the Amazon boxes, boxes out front. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's Joe's. <laughs> Where were Joe's at? That's the. Yeah. You're in yeah, Belgium. If you're in, the if you're in Belgium, you know, and you want to look up Joe, take him to lunch. Or something, you can reach. He'll find the food. If you ever follow Joe on Facebook, uh, he finds. I don't know how he does it, but he'll find the most obscure food in any country. And and I love that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a a, uh, like a closet foodie. You're not a closet foodie. (laughs) It's out there. You're out of the closet. (laughs) That's me, and it's funny because a lot of your pictures do include food, and I'm the same way. It's like I will pretty much eat anywhere, anytime with anybody. So where did you find all that Filipino food in Germany? Like, (laughs) so you know, and I think that you know it's funny because. That's an important part, too. I think that um, we talk about there's no off-button leadership. And I think one of the reasons why I show some of that stuff is because I want to show people you can be humanized. You know, you can be a human leader. I'm not a robot. And I like to go have a beer and have some food in some place, too. Something that we often miss. But, but yeah, I'll get you a list of places you should visit over here. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. And and expose yourself to different foods and situations. That's how you grow. Try new foods. Yeah, <laughs> try new things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> expose yourself. Yeah, don't expose yourself. Uh, we're not responsible for any laws you break. So. All right, well, thanks a lot, guys, thanks, for joining us. It. Yeah. Well, thanks for having us. If you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 212. That's episode 212. Now, there you can find links to Llama Lounge's Facebook page, to their website, read their blog, as well as find other episodes related to leadership that we've covered in the past. 
We're so glad you joined us this week. And the best way you can support our show is to share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. That's right. You never know. That neighbor across the street might be Scott. And Scott would be like, hey, that's really cool, but um, I was in the show. So this is awkward. That's okay, because now you've met Scott. And now you're going to be friends, and you're going to learn even more from him. Uh, but then you got to go find somebody else to share the episode with. So until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.